And welcome to KC360's podcast on navigating college admissions. I'm Christy, your host, and during our time together, we'll cover college admission tips and tricks to help your college search be a success. It's October, and in higher ed, this is famously known as the FAFSA month. And you may be asking what the FAFSA is, and so that's what we're going to cover today. I will say up front that it is something that is available for U.S. citizens and permanent residents, but don't give up on me. If you are not eligible in that regard, there is another option that might be worth considering. So hang in there, um, and we can cover that sort of first so that we can get you out the door, and that's helpful, and then cover the FAFSA. But I will do my best to cover what we need today and know that all of this is covered in various webinars as a monthly navigator, which is a free monthly membership on the website that covers a bunch of different resources and financial aid and FAFSA is one of them. So whatever questions you have probably can be covered in that as well as some fantastic resources and tips. Today is just an overview. So The FAFSA, or Free Application for Federal Student Aid, is a form that if you are a U.S. citizen or permanent resident and you have paid taxes, then it is a great financial aid option for students looking to attend college. The form opens every year October 1st, and so if you are a senior, then you would fill out the form beginning in October. If you're a junior, it's not time to fill it out yet. You fill it out your senior year in anticipation for the following entry year of your student and so it is October the FAFSA has opened which is super exciting Um, a few just basic guidelines about this form it's free it is based on your tax information it does open October 1st and does require that you renew it annually and fill it out and that's because our financial situations change you know every year maybe not a lot but usually some A lot of universities require it if you want to be considered for any need-based aid or financial aid. Um, If they don't require it, some universities require the CSS profile. And so we'll hop into that for a second. That is sort of a component answer to the FAFSA. And so if you're an international student or you don't have U.S. citizenship or permanent resident status, the CSS profile will be your best friend. And this is similar to the FAFSA in terms of purpose, where both of these forms take various income streams and financial pictures of your family and really establish what kind of need you have. So if you have X amount of income coming in, the um, university tuition is this, then what is your actual need? And so the CSS profile has a very similar measurement system as the FAFSA in terms of helping students um, really give information to universities to allow them to see what their financial status is personally or from their family. And so if the FAFSA does not apply to you, the CSS is fantastic, and um, I can do a little bit on that in in a later podcast, but it's a great medium just to help universities understand where you're at financially. If you need a snapshot of what your collegiate financial picture would look like, check out my financial planning services. This tells you how much you think you can afford, what colleges think you can afford, and what your funding gap would be. 
See what three universities would cost for free or access an unlimited amount of universities and a $1 billion scholarship database. Links in the show notes. Back into the FAFSA, a few just basic requirements. Students and parents have unique usernames and passwords. And then sort of the purpose of it is you put in your tax information um, and it requires, it looks at things like household information, your income, and then of course, you know, demographic information. But then sort of the report that it gives you is called the es estimated family contribution. And that's typically referred to in the higher ed world as EFC. Next year in 2023, the form is being updated and changed and it will be called the Student Aid Index, SAI. And so the purpose of all of this is for universities to sort of determine what your estimated or expected family contribution can be. So given all of my income and my savings and how I've planned for college or not planned for college, this is what my family can relatively expect to contribute to college costs. And that's the purpose of the form. Some benefits of it that I think are always worth filling out, even if a, a university doesn't require it, I always encourage students to fill it out simply because it does really help universities understand your financial situation. But some benefits are uh, Pell Grant status, and that's money that the government just gives you. And if you're eligible for a Pell Grant, it can be up to 6400 close to $6,500 a year. And, I mean, that's, in most cases, half of your room and board, guys. So that's a significant amount. And it also, if you have a lower EFC and qualify, potentially you could qualify for Supplemental Education Opportunity Grant, and that varies by the university. So the university appeals for that and can get that, and it's usually about 1,000-ish, maybe a little bit more, but it really is university-dependent. So that's not a given. And it's not guaranteed, but it's something that, you know, if you have a very low EFC, 0 to 10,000, then there's an opportunity for that, but that doesn't mean that it's guaranteed. It also gives you eligibility for federal work study. And so that's fantastic because it doubles your work study opportunities. And by that, I mean when you're looking at, you know, working on a university campus, there's typically two options, departmental work study and federal work study. Federal work study is funded by the federal government. And then department work study is funded by that specific department's um, budget within the university. And so as an example, I worked at the library when I was in college. It was a great job because um, for the most part, I could study and, you know, get paid at the same time. That was a departmental work study job. It was not a federal work study job. But if you have eligibility for federal work study, it kind of doubles your opportunities, which is great. And then it also gives you eligibility for any loans, like the Stafford loan or Parent PLUS loan, which I know a lot of families aren't interested in that I work with, but it's worth considering, you know, if your gap is, you know, one, two thousand, three thousand dollars $3,000, that's worth considering, and, and they're typically a better deal. And so the, the FAFSA is fantastic because it really does help you understand your eligibility for some resources at your disposal that I think really are beneficial, not just financially, but logistically as well. A word about work-study. I would not um, count that in as part of your tuition 
contribution. Um, typically, if you worked the max 20 hours a week, you know, you can factor in about 2000 1500 to $2,000. And that's really money that I think is fantastic for students to use on a, you know, month-to-month basis to go to the movies, get coffee, go out to eat, you know, if you have a car, gas money. But typically, it's not best to budget that as part of your tuition enrollment fees. Um, it really cuts down on the amount of times students call and ask parents for money. So um, it's a great opportunity to be eligible for that, but I wouldn't count that in as part of paying your university bill. Um, some tips regarding the FAFSA and you know just general things about it. Obviously, it's based on tax information. It's always important to be truthful. So if you have a CPA or if you don't have a CPA and you need help, I work with a great financial advisor that specifically works with international families and can help, if you so desire, for a fee to do line-by-line help with your FAFSA um, because there are some differences when you talk about assets and overseas income. Um, Some just basic stats. The value of your home and retirement accounts are not reported. Your savings, checking, and investment funds are reported in any cash that you have, and be honest about that. If you have a 529 plan, those are reported as investment assets. If there's a grandparent-owned 529, that shouldn't be reported. If you have overseas income or you've paid foreign tax, that should be reported. And just generally, you know, the, the, the rule is the more tax you're paying, the better that is because they see that, you know, you're paying tax and you're contributing money elsewhere. If you don't file um, taxes or you don't have a tax return for any reason, then there's a prompt for that. And then your student will also report if they've worked in any data related to that. Um, regarding the CSS, to jump back to that, uh, it is a financial aid application developed by the college board. Sometimes there's a fee for it if the universities don't pay for it, um, but it does really pair well with the FAFSA to help a school understand a family's ability to pay for college and where things come. Um, Some of the biggest mistakes I see regarding FAFSA are families not applying. And you don't have to apply in October, but there is a timing factor to the FAFSA. A lot of families feel like if they apply late, they're not going to get money. And I, you know, I've heard sort of both sides to that. I, I don't really, haven't found a family that even applied late that didn't find eligibility. But I think, you know, the, the main timing factor with the FAFSA is not so much, is the government going to give me money? The factor is really pairing it with your financial aid packet overall from the university. And what I mean by that is if a school requires the FAFSA, then part of this concentric circle and you can go back to the scholarship how the process for scholarship works in that podcast if you haven't listened to that go back and listen to that after this but part of the process is you know filling out your college application if there's scholarships that have a deadline specific to your student that they've applied for and you're filling out the FAFSA all those things are tied in together when you get your financial aid packet and that typically lands in like February March ish and your financial aid packet, which really isn't a packet at all now, it's just on your student portal and it's a few pages, but it really gives an all-encompassing financial overview of what your student has been awarded and what you would pay year to year. 
And so if you don't fill out the FAFSA in time for that to happen, which should be, you know, November, December, then universities can't factor that in, which obviously affects how much you owe. And so if you fill out the FAFSA in a timely fashion, I would say before Christmas, then what that does is allow the university to factor in your scholarship deadlines, your application, any awards that you would get from your application, and your Pell eligibility all in one sheet. And so there is benefit to that because it really does give you a full picture of what you're, you would be paying based on all that information. And you can't argue or negotiate for more financial aid if you haven't submitted that in a timely fashion to know what you would have received in a packet that's comprehensive anyway. So think about that in terms of timing. There's a lot to do in the fall, not just related to the actual application itself, but scholarship and FAFSA do tie in together. Give yourself the benefit of the doubt and have time and make time to make sure that that happens because it is really critical. Logistically, you select the schools that you want to receive your FAFSA just sort of like you do with the SAT. You know, you just select the schools and have it sent to them. And that's how that happens. It is free. There's not a charge for that. So consider the timing of it when when you're looking at whether or not to fill that out. Another mistake I see, you know, related to the deadline is just you know, missing out on dollars that compensate, I mean, that correlate with that FAFSA. So you may get the FAFSA in on time, but then students, you know, could apply for a leadership scholarship or honors program, but then they miss that deadline. Again, all those things tie back together. So deadlines in the fall are really important. Um, there are a handful of schools that have scholarship deadlines in like, you know, the February 1st, February 15th range. And so you may have a little bit more time, but consider all those things together that timing really is everything. And if you're not sure how to organize your schedule, go back to the podcast on Overwhelmed um, to Organized and, and set up a system for yourself. It's October. You have time to do that. If you're listening to this in November, you have some time to do that. So take some time to really build yourself out and realize that all this time is an investment and it, there will be a return on your investment. And I think that's the message that students need to know is that their time not only is valuable, but it will return in the form of awards and scholarships and financial aid. So consider that as you're looking into all of this. Another thing I see with a lot of families is not really understanding 529 plans. And there's a lot of um, complications and challenges that come with that. If you've set aside money for 529, it can only be used for universities, but it is important to report that. And if your parents have done that as well, grandparents, it's important to do, to account for that and to count that in. Um, if you have a sense or if grandparents have already said that they're going to re, you know, contribute, you really do need to report that, even if it's a small amount, because universities, it's a big no-no. Universities do not like it if they've sent you a financial aid packet and then suddenly a grandparent writes a check for ten dollars or $15,000. Well, if they'd known that that aid was there, they might have negotiated your package a little differently. And then that really affects your aid going forward in years two, three, and four. So this is the time to be honest. And if you don't know from a grandparent, that's okay. That's not that's not a big deal. You don't need to go and ask and have this great conversation, but it is important for you to understand if there's going to be a contribution, what that is, because it could adversely affect other years. 
And then probably the biggest mistake I see families make is just not calling the financial aid office. You know, admissions counselors and financial aid offices exist to help you. And so if you have the opportunity to call them, um, email them, you know, there are multiple ways to reach out to them. Take the opportunity to do that. And if you have questions, let them know. I know a lot of families that are overseas, they do have the ability to file electronically. But if you're having problems, call the financial aid office. Don't wait until the last minute. You know, help them help you and know that they're there as a resource and they exist to actually help you. So take the time, set up a call, help them understand what you need, ask all of your questions because they really do want to advocate best for your family. And at the end of the day, they want to know that they've done the best by you. I mean, that's how universities are. They, they really care about you and want to make sure that they've offered you the fairest, best package that they can offer you. And so help them help you in that regard. If you have questions, you can always email me and ask, but know that there are a wealth of resources available as a monthly navigator, and that's really where the gold mine is. There's presentations and great webinars. I'll be doing another webinar on October 20th related um, to financial aid. If you are interested in that, you can send me an email. The email's in the show notes, and I'll make sure you get the link. It's through Interaction International. But take the time to fill out your FAFSA if you're a senior now, Um, If you're not a senior, just, you know, make sure that you keep in mind that the fall will be busy and there's some things that will be critical for you to do for your financial success and know that I'm cheering for you and want the best package and financial situation for you that you can possibly have. 